Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-hosts Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another evening of Jay Bird Watching. I am your host, Craig Borden. I am here with the usual gang, all back together again. I am here with Ken Alfred, Jason Lyons. Tell us how we talk in this evening. Yeah, we are doing <laughs> we good. Have- I think we're doing all right. I can't speak for Jason, but, uh, you know, glad to be back as always. And uh, it's getting still pretty dark out here. So hopefully the sunlight will start hitting around 7 o'clock in the uh, Toronto time zone. And, and I mean, things are going well here. I survived my fat guy hockey tournament this weekend, um, just barely. And I will say this, the uh, ice weasels prevailed. We did win the tournament, which is pretty sweet. Uh, the average age of our team is probably 57. And we were in an, a 19 and over open division. So um, playing to get some young young bucks and our, our sorry old butts can still drag it around the ice good enough to to win the tournament. So thanks to the Tubbers over in Nanaimo, it's a hell of a tournament. And uh, as you guys can maybe see, I mean, it's sunny. I, I mean, I feel like I'm in Palm Springs right Cooper now. and getting a couple extra hours on ice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's good stuff. So on that, that's a A plus hockey name that you got there for your team. Ice Weasels. It's good. So, ice Weasels. Yeah. That's pretty good. We used to be frozen nuts for a little while. Uh, Puckheads. Damn. That <laughs> was another one. Listen. Oh, got you in the five hole. That was one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. There's some fun you can have with names and goofing around like that. It's always fun to have. It's like minor league baseball, right? You get to have some fun with a team name. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah, fantasy really football cool team stuff. names. Oh, yeah. There's so many good ones. Good ones. Mine, uh, my <laughs> big, very successful fantasy football team is named the Jerry Rice Bulls, which is one of my favorites. Really. You guys like are just yeah. so creative with these names, man. Wow. That's a good one. <laughs> It's about comedy, Ken. You know, you had the wrestling background. Jason and I apparently were like hitting the head too many times. It dropped. One There's of the no other. doubt about that. <laughs> so, um, fantasy football names. Mine was Mike Ditka's bigger than your Ditka. That was mine. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a really good one. Yeah. Oh man. Can we hey, Craig. Craig. We'll see football. I know we didn't. Uh, I know we didn't discuss this off, but uh, I did want to uh, bring up. You know, the extremely tragic passing of Carl Weathers. Like. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know or not, but Carl Weathers was a linebacker here for the BC Lions for a number of years. Um, most of the movies that he filmed God. were filmed here. He lived a lot of his life here in Vancouver and wow. um, pretty sad. I mean, he's supposed to be involved in that thing with the, uh, with the Gronk kick of Dex destiny and, and, you know, yeah, very, I saw the commercials for that. that's right. Um, but very sad and, and, I mean, it molded so much of my youth with Rocky and, and, uh, and then into Happy Gilmore. And now, you know, that affects my kids. Child. 
Um, yeah, Matt it. Jumps Peterson, one of the greatest. Um, so yeah, then that's honestly the, the uh, other than the Star Wars references that he gets from his you know current employer as far as Disney and Star Wars and whatnot. Um, I thought that was perfectly fitting the other day when everybody was putting out stuff about his, you know, death and everything like that, that they were showing him in Chub or Chub as Chubbs in heaven in yeah. his happy place. <laughs> yeah. Yes, happy Perfect. Oh, good. So good stuff. So what's the sweater you're putting on there, guy? Ice weasels. Baby. Ice weasels. Ice weasels. Ice weasels. <laughs> Love it. So that's good stuff. So. As uh, all shenanigans aside and everything, we're going to talk about some shenanigans that, uh, you know, are keeping certain Blue Jays out of the Baseball Hall of Fame this evening, along with talking about. We haven't actually talked about baseball news as far as the Baseball Hall of Fame this evening. We're going to do that. So we're going to make sure we have a little bit of fun in baseball in general and this theoretical Blue Jay fandom this evening. So Blue Jays fans, I see you already coming into the chat. Please join this conversation. Hit us up in the chat window. Drop your two cents in. Um, but first, let's start with the fact that the you know current ballot is done. There are three brand new Hall of Famers, and I can't say enough good things about all of these guys that made the Baseball Hall of Fame and you know got the seventy five percent of the votes that they needed to be able to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, first time Hall are ballot guys. Period. Um, Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton was actually the only holdover. It's sixth time on the ballot. And Joe Maurer. So those three guys are going to be enshrined in Cooperstown this summer. And like I said, if you talk about baseball and the guys that can go in and out of the Hall of Fame, those are the three class act level guys that would be checking every box for a baseball Hall of Famer. 100%. I mean, you're one of those characters. You've got so many guys that, that, you know, have sort of questioned, you know, so many questions and guys that probably should be in the Hall. Um, but when you look at those three on whole, I don't think there's a single, I mean, I don't think there's a single, single thing you can say bad about any of them. I mean, that we know of, um, I mean, Beltrade loved by everybody. I mean, league wide loved by everybody. Um, you know, Joe Mauer touch his head. Yeah. Don't touch his. Well, I think that, I think that got to be something real. I mean, God, I love that so much. Um, but, uh, and Joe Maurer, just, you know, just an amazing guy from all, you know, and, and when a guy like, um, uh, Justin Morneau just sings your praises, then, you know, you gotta be a pretty good, uh, a pretty good dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, a good class, nice to see, you know, the three get in and, uh, um, it's good for baseball when, when the good guys make it in without any, no questions, no, you know, no, what ifs, no whys, that kind of stuff. Yep. So, Ken, do you have anything that you particularly liked watching about any of those three guys? Um, they're obviously big baseball names at this point, and Bale yeah. Beltre being the biggest goofball out of all, but <laughs> go right ahead. I like goofballs. <laughs> Beltrain's A in my books. But, yeah, like congratulations to all three, like all of them, like you said, all studs that made it to the Hall of Fame. That, that's great. I mean, I always wanted to know. So for, these, for the yearly ballots and stuff, how many – is it only three at a time that they bring in or just depends on of the pool of players that are eligible – once you hit 70, 75% of the vote, is that what you said? Then you get in. Is that right? So out of all the baseball writers are the ones that do the voting, which I would point to that might be part of the contention on who makes the Hall of Fame or not, because there's just as many reasons that they get it right as they do get it wrong. And it's because writers hold grudges. So there might be something, oh, you missed my interview one day, and then he just didn't vote him in. 
or whatever it might be. I would say they get it right most of the time, but I always wondered why, why there wasn't more player vote. And that's where we'll get to in a little bit when we talk about Blue Jays guys that could, should be in. We'll talk about the other ways to get elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame in that segment. But the verbatim way to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame is out of however many votes are cast, and each vo- each uh, baseball writer gets 10 votes. They're allowed to check 10 boxes out of the 26 boxes that were on the ballot this year. So, catches, they all don't put 10 people in. Right. So, out of all those votes that are, the, whatever the total, to- total amount of votes are that are cast, if you're one of the players that has 75% of any of the number chunks to that, they just, you get in. So, yeah. and it, out of it's those like numbers, you were saying, that's Frank, how it worked out. There's a lot of contention with... um with East Coast, West Coast, I, I mean, you know, unless you're a superstar, uh, you don't get seen on the West, certainly not as much. Um, you know, it's interesting because I find it, you know, it's a little less in baseball because there, there isn't a predominance of teams that are sort of not in that Eastern time zone. But there certainly are guys that get missed, get looked over and get, you know, sort of they're like, oh, like like Julio Rodriguez is one of those guys that just kind of came out of nowhere, even though he had been on the Mariners for a little bit. And we knew like out here, we knew he was destroying it. And all of a sudden, you know, New York is like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's this kid doing over here? So then they start reporting on it. You know, then it's, you know, it starts to make the Eastern publications. And that's, I mean, it is what it is for the most part. I listened to a couple of baseball writers talk about who they voted for and why this year, um, a little while ago. And, Craig, you're so accurate with the fact that these some of these guys hold grudges and some of these guys have the smallest, pettiest of things against some of these players, and it can keep a guy out of the hall. Um, I mean, I know it's the ultimate, you know, the ultimate crowning is the hall. I feel like it kind of gets to the point sometimes where it, there's there's enough guys that shouldn't be in there that are in there and enough guys that aren't in there that should be there where you're kind of like, okay, well, why don't we make a secondary hall or, you know, for, for whatever you want to call it, you know, you can do anything. In fact, you can do it with all the mixed sports for all the people that don't get in and, and just give them at least their kudos or like Pete Rose should be in the hall. It's, it's an unarguable fact. Barry Bonds should be in the hall. Unarguable. They're not. So Clements in, you know. And there's where the quote unquote catches because right. Those three are in the baseball hall of fame they're just not enshrined in the right. shrine the you know the the room with all the plaques they don't have an official they're a hundred percent a heart part of the hall of fame but like pete rose's four thousandth hit that is in the baseball hall of fame um there there's things for barry bonds and so on i've been there many a times of being here in new york so that's the nice perk you two got to come and join me sometime <laughs> so on that note like I said, it's not that their story isn't there. They aren't guaranteed to be enshrined with all the other baseball immortals in the actual room that is the hall of, you know, baseball players, basically. So, and I, I agree with you. I would say there's certain people that should be, and I don't see why in the world that we live in where Alex Rodriguez is allowed to still be a baseball announcer after getting caught cheating so many damn times that with baseball legalizing gambling on every level that Pete Rose isn't in Cooperstown. There, and let's just get this straight, Craig. And I, I am sure there are people that, that will agree with all of us on this. Gambling in sports now has gotten to such a ridiculous level. And I mean, we all know that they were doing it 
we all know that every professional athlete basically probably gambles at some level, be it poker. I mean, they play they play poker on the plane for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Is that not? I mean, I know it's 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 just pointing the Michael Jordan documentary right, exactly. with the last so, dance. Yeah. Now you've got like you every second commercial for the, when the NFL is on is MGM, you know, bet MGM. They've got Connor McDavid doing them. They've got you know Wayne Gretzky's on them. Um, Kevin Hart. Yeah, there's no end of people that they're <laughs> trying to get you to, to just flip you upside down and get every dime out of your pocket. I mean, Pete Rose made a couple of bad calls, you know, betting when when was frowned upon. I mean, come on. Ridiculous. Statue of limitations at this point, isn't it? I'd say so. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, back to this year's actual Hall of Fame ballot. Like I said, I told you the three gentlemen that are actually going to be, you know, like I said, at the ceremonies and getting enshrined this uh, year. Um, there is a kind of a crazy group that is no longer eligible because kind of your point 75 percent gets you enshrined but you have to actually keep above five percent to just stay on the ballot for one more year so <laughs> there is some really good names including a monster blue jay uh, is on this list of guys that are no longer were currently eligible to, on the normal ballot anyway so that they would normally get 10 years of trying to get on the Hall of Fame ballot, and here we are, that we are no longer going to have Victor Martinez, Jose Bautista, Bartolo Colon, Matt Holliday, Adrian Gonzalez, Brandon Phillips, Jose Reyes, or James Shields. Yes, there were some guys that probably didn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame out of that category, but you're talking... I look at Victor Martinez for the area that he played in Major League Baseball. He was one of the most feared hitters in Major League Baseball in that window. Same exact story as Jose Bautista. If you look at the 2010s to, you know, basically when we were in the playoffs there, there was no better hitter, home run style hitter than Jose Bautista in that short peak of his career. Um, So... There was those arguments, too, and we're going to get into further ones, but just looking at this ballot specifically, I just think it's ironic some of those names are just missing, and then the one that just made it in was David Wright, who I thought David Wright was a Mets Hall of Famer all day, every day, but the last five, six years of his career, he was made of glass, he couldn't stay on the field. I loved watching David Wright, but I didn't know if you had the window to allow him to be voted in, but he snuck in there just at 6.2% to stay on the ballot for this coming year. So I don't know what you guys think of that name dropping I just did there, but there's some guys there that I would have thought would have gotten some consideration. Batista, really? They wouldn't, he's not in. Well, again, again, it's, can you got to keep in mind, it's, it's a very narrow, you know, and this, this speaks to not only the left coast, but this speaks to Toronto. This speaks to the fact that Toronto has always been considered to be a small market team. It is. Like, I mean, that's not split hairs. Toronto's not the biggest city in the world. But, you know, back then, especially, like, when they won those two World Series, people were, were like, gobsmacked that this was going on. I mean, the assumption, be it right or wrong, is that, you know, Canadians are bad at baseball. So, the you know, it's the American game. Yeah, team in Toronto is just generally going to suck because they they're from Toronto, and it's it's funny the way that that sort of narrative spoke for a long time, and then they won two and almost won a third, and have come close in between. And so I think that 
you know, in the last 10 years, the game has certainly got more global inside people's minds. But even to your point, Kenny, like, I mean, Batista is not looked at as a superstar outside of a fairly small group of people. Most of them Jays fans. Like, I just, I don't foresee, like, his name is associated, like, if you go down his stats and you go down all these other parts of it, I mean, he's he's up there, certainly with the best players of his time. Um, he had some slow years. He had some bad years. But his good years are ridiculous. And people still don't consider him when we talk about players of that era as being one of those, like, elite guys. Um, Isn't he, like, MVP or something for a couple yeah, of years? Yeah, that doesn't matter. I mean, huh? we're we're talking about guys like, you know, like even a guy like Justin Morneau or I'm going to bring him up again or, or, you know, guys who, who were MVPs and were winning batting championships and they'd be at the all-star game and they'd be like, we don't know much about Justin Morneau, uh, and New West BC played for the twins his whole career. You're like, are you kidding me? Like the guys, the guys tearing it up for the last eight years in the American league. And you don't, you don't know who he is. Like, come on. It's so, but it is, it's the truth. Like, I mean, if you're not in those big major cities and you, you know, if you're not playing for those big ticket teams, it's still like, like we were talking about, like, it's, it's super ironic. Like we were talking about Solaire, right? Solaire, Solaire, Solaire. We're keen on them. We, uh, I know we all three think it'd be a great move for the Jays. Not a lot of guys know who this guy is. I've mentioned it to friends of mine and they're like, who? The guy was a world series MVP a couple of years ago. <laughs> like if you're not Otani or Trout or, you know, or any of the really, really, really big names, you're kind of lost in the sauce. And guys pop out and guys come up and you're like, oh, hey, who's that guy? And then he's gone in a day. And, you know, we sort of feel like 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 the guys that we know, the Bichettes, the Vladdies, the guys who are on Springer, guys who are on the Jays that make a name for themselves with the Jays, we assume that if I was to go to Baltimore or Boston or Austin, Texas or, or Philadelphia and sit down in a bar and be like, hey, let's talk about Bo Bichette that people would understand what I'm saying. And most won't. Most would be like, who? I'm like, this is a shortstop for the Blue Jays. The Blue what? Like, who? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's amazing to me, Ken, when I go down to the States and talk about very niche things like the Blue Jays. And yeah. it's nice to see guys like Vladdy, you know, bridge that gap. Like, everybody knows who Vladdy is. Vladdy's Vladdy. Yeah. You know, when you have one name like Sharon, around LA in the show, Vladdy. Yeah. Right. And so... But no one knows. No one knows who 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 Kevin Gossman is. Yes, he's one of the best pitchers in the majors. Could yeah. challenge for a Cy Young this year. Go to my gold pick. Go to go to San Diego and say, "Hey, let's talk uh, Gossman." They'll be like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Well, uh, you may hey, say they only know him maybe because of throw in from playing with the Giants for the one season. Right. That's but, literally the extent to it. And so, I think this is the, the hard part. Of things. Yeah. Yeah, so back to the Bautista thing, because I this is predecessory for the later conversation about who's going with Blue Jays. One of the other criteria that a lot of these baseball writers look at is the window that they peaked in and who where they stood in that time frame. This is how Roy Halladay got into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Is if you look at Roy Halladay's career stats versus a lot of Major League Baseball Hall of Famers, he's not even in the ballpark. Nope. Um, but you look at the what was a decade of dominance and obscene dominance by Roy Halladay in his tenure with the Blue Jays and the Phillies. <laughs> that is why he's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. So I'm going to isolate the Jose Bautista part for you for a second. I'm looking at his stats right now on Baseball Reference for 2010 
to 2017. So that is base Blue Jays peak of Jose Bautista into the trail off, right? 272 career home or home runs in that frame, 204 doubles, 716 RBIs, 52 stolen bases, walks 745 times. (laughs) So for every RBI he has, he has more than a walk. And then bats 255 with his 377 or 376, 516 slug. That, That is. Like I said, that right there to where you were talking about, Ken, that is a sample size of this was him obscenely leading the American League all those years. And two of those years were home run titles. He led the league in walks four times. He had top five MVP voting two of those seven years and was an all-star five and seven. Jesus. That is the reason I don't, I don't care if he was... Voted in. I really don't. I think he deserved to beat 5% of the vote to at least stay for a fighting chance for next year against what would be a little bit more stiff competition. But that's the next part of this talk. (laughs) So, but you see what I'm talking about there in that time frame, there was no better home run hitter for that window than than Jose Bautista. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Just to throw some of the other names that are still on the ballot, like I said, David Wright, Tory Hunter, who I love, but I would, I'm wondering why he's still on the ballot when you got Bautista there, that same kind of thing. Uh, Francisco Rodriguez, also known as K Rod, because he had the, he currently holds the major league saves record for a single season, I believe, 52, something like that. Wow. Uh, Mark Burley, also a former Blue Jay, Andy Pettit, Jimmy Rollins. Bobby Abreu, former Blue Jay Omar Vizquel, Chase Utley, Mayor Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Carlos Beltran, um, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield, who wow. didn't make it in his 10th year, so he is not going to be on the ballot next year. Belgit Short at 63.9%, and then Billy Wagner at 73.8%. So you would make a safe bet that Billy Wagner might get there next year. But I mean, it's... It's so arbitrary. And, you know, it's right. like I said, do, do they need to make a second haul for, you know, not necessarily just for the guys that don't make it, but for the just for the fact that that there are there are a lot of people to try and consider and some guys are going to get missed. And I mean, you know, I know it's very emotional and you watch these guys get their calls and all the rest of it. And there's certainly a few where you're like, geez, Louise, like, I just really can't see how that guy makes it in based on a number of different things. But it's like you said, Craig, like one of the most famous ones of all Hall of Fame histories is um, the, the what's his name? The guy who got into the Canadian Hall of Fame and he, he really only has the one goal against the Russians. Um, uh, Henderson, oh, Paul yes. Henderson. So Paul oh, Henderson's oh. in the Canadian or is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He, he, he did not have a good hockey career, right? But he scored a, a very important goal in Canadian hockey history, in hockey history. And so yep, he's yep. in the hall. So, I yep. mean, you know, it, it can be for one, you know, like you can make it in there for one thing where the, the writers or whoever's doing the voting think that's an important thing for you to get in there. Well, I, I do like the fact that baseball does include people's stuff. Like, you know, I know they've got, you know, they've got one of Laddie's helmets and they've got some like from the whole run derby, some other stuff that, you know, that's pretty cool stuff, but you're not on the wall, right? You're not in the hall. So, um, correct. You, you're, yeah, There's a difference. Yo, a big difference. Like I said, you know, stories there or not. Yeah. You know, this is a 
this is a building that still has the story of Babe Ruth in the Baseball Hall of Fame area there. So it's crazy. But to that point, it is a big part of baseball history. Um, yeah. But to that point, you're right, Jason. It's just you could get that one thing. But then there's the flip side of that coin. You won't do one stupid thing. And you still shouldn't be. And then I would say that this is where the argument is. Uh, people make the argument that Ricky Henderson did steroids. Okay, great, fine. He's in the Hall of Fame. Um, he was also kind of a giant jerk to the media. Still in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> which is usually well, why. That's the an understatement, by the way. I love Ricky Henderson. <laughs> so do I. I. I'm not even knocking that. I'm here. <laughs> he's a J. What? Yep. Um, there's a reason that, yeah, exactly. He's one of the Blue, J- Blue Jays that is in the Hall of Fame. Um, but then you look at this. From my area, era of growing up collecting baseball cards and being a kid, being interested in the sport, um, David Ortiz makes the Hall of Fame, but he was caught once. And then you look at Alex Rodriguez is never going to get in the Hall of Fame. I don't care what anybody says. I think I don't think the voters will ever let him in because of all the suspensions and all that stuff. But then you have Manny Ramirez, all these other guys that are still on the ballot too. Um, and so, let's not let's not split hairs here. Mons, David Ortiz, Clemens, David Ortiz was not a great baseball player he wasn't he, he he was not good in the field he was not good as a defensive player but he could hit so i mean if that's you that's your one trick pony and i love poppy I, i've got nothing but time for the guy i think he is what baseball is all about like that character bray use the all these guys who have so much character that's part of the game and that's what gets him in that's the special sauce that puts poppy in over a guy like like A-Rod, who people can't stand, right? So the public can't stand Maybe you. Maybe want to change the Blue Jays' playoff game during the Twins, and that wasn't because we sucked against the Twins. I had to listen right. to him and Michael Kay here in the States. <laughs> so, you know, it's... it's it's And, and Manny, I mean, Manram pro- probably does not deserve to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame, but he should be acknowledged as being one of the biggest characters the game has ever seen. Like... We're talking about a guy that mid-game doesn't call timeout and goes into the monster to have a whiz and comes back out. There's no bathroom. There's a bathroom in the monster. You have to run. I've been in the monster, in the green monster. <laughs> he go well. The play's going. Ken puts his glove down and runs to the thing. A pitch goes and the camera goes out to left field and he's not there. Comes running back onto the field, doing his pants up and picks his glove up and everyone's like, "Oh man." Do you remember when he ran up the fence and oh, I mean, just so many. Like, I mean, like if, oh. if and that kind of stuff. Sure, like, guys, a human look, blooper and highlight reel at the same time. At the same time, <laughs> and that's why a guy <laughs> like Jose Canseco might be able to. <laughs> yeah, Canseco didn't make any friends in the Writers Association either. I will tell you that. So I would guess that I'm, I just found out his rookie card that I have sitting right over here in this box is worth about Jack and or squat. <laughs> so, um, and it's autographed by him. By the way, it's not. I literally had him sign it. I met him when I was a kid in his hands where the World Series ring was like a little like pinky with my hand coming up to it. <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, but anyways, so, but you're not wrong. That's just how the Baseball Hall of Fame is. And I will give you this ridiculous stat. Amongst all the other Hall of Fames and pro sports, the Baseball Hall of Fame is 100% the most exclusive. This is not even a debate. Um. There's people that make the football hall of fame here in the States that, like I said, are great players for their team, but you wouldn't expect them to be making a hall of fame possibly. Um, to that point, I think they, it's, there's some dumb stat out of all the people in the world that play baseball. 
you know, only 5% make it to Major League Baseball. Of that 5%, 1% isn't even enough, enough to make it to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oof. So it's, like I said, you're talking the creme de la creme of all Hall of Fames, which is exactly to your point, Jason, why some of these guys get left out or the Jose Bautista's, you know, had the wis- the window of opportunity. But, right. you, you know, if he, that was three more years, it would be a sure thing. You know what I For mean? Sure. Seven years. Sure. And if so a guy like, exactly. guy like Bautista doesn't make it into the hall, like I said, like, I mean, Jose Bautista to, to Jay's fans and, to, you know, some people, is he, he's a hero. He did a great job. He seemed like a good dude. You know, like people would argue for him. His stats on total probably don't get him in. But if you take that concentrated portion of it and say, okay, we're going to make this the sample piece, then for sure he does. I mean, he's he was an animal. but And it was the same with right. Poppy. Like, Poppy was terrible when he was a twin. He was awful. In fact, they cut him. Like, I think Boston picked him they up did. on Weavers, right? Like, I mean, wow, it's it very that. similar to how we actually got Edwin Encarnacion. Yes, right? exactly the same. The year, the year Edwin Encarnacion broke out, we waved him. Yes. He was on another team for like, Five minutes, and then the Blue Jays are like, "Oh, how about a minor league contract?" And he came back, and then just raped. Yeah, but it's, it's so it's it's bodies of work like that. Like like you said, like if you've ever watched the Roy Holiday story, the one that they have on on E sixty or thirty and thirty or whatever it is, yep. he struggled when he was a Jay. I mean, he was a good pitcher, and he, then he struggled to locate his spots, and you know he had a couple of injuries, and you know he was getting lit up a little bit. He was working on his craft, and then he went to Philly, and he was untouchable, and you know, he couldn't have got there if he didn't slog it out with the Jays. And I love the fact that Blue Jays fans on whole have never given, you know, like he's obviously he's not with us anymore, but never gave him a hard time about that. And there certainly are organizations that when you go there and the expectation is high and you don't quite perform to what you they expect you to, and then you come back, you're not treated all that well. And that was not the case with him at all. They... The Jays fans loved that guy. They welcomed him back every time he came back. Even when he was stuffing it down their throats, he was like, they were like, hey, that, that game. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's weird how, you know, and and I see, you know, like I see professional athletes and I deal with a few that I know and some ex-pros and stuff like that. And I think to myself, bandwidth that a nice pro gets versus a guy that's a jerk is amazing. Like, you know, it's incredible to me that that you look at, like, even the NHL, like, the MLB right now has some really good characters, I think. They've got some guys that they can go to. They're always a pretty decent interview. They've got some character. They've got some flair. They've got some color. All of this stuff. And then you take Mike Trout, who's about the biggest wet fish you ever met in your entire life, and then Bo Bichette, who, again, I mean, Bo Bichette could literally be sitting beside me right now, and no one would know it. He could be screaming, yelling. It, he's just it's just not him now he could be a real ambassador for the league because obviously the ladies love him right i mean you know he's not he's not going without phone numbers if he's going to the cougar bar in uh in san diego when the jays <laughs> and you know he's a really good athletic guy who has style he has baseball style like kids Im- want to imitate the pants he wears and the how high he pulls his socks and i mean even george springer sort of changing the way he looked to look more like Bichette. i feel like so he's got panache. He's got the things that you do need. He just was never coached to be a, a an entertainer, right? Where yeah. you've got guys like Poppy, who his whole career, he was probably a better entertainer than he was anything else. And he just 
happen to be able to mash, right? I mean, you can but barely not to mention the cl- the drag cl- the clutch hitting of Poppy was a big. You piece can barely of that. you can barely understand him when he's on the baseball on baseball tonight or when he's on the the cat. Who cares? I mean, he's having yeah. so much fun. He shows up with a big stogie, like all the jewels and like. I mean, did you see the video what he did to Frank Thomas? When he no. quits. Yes. <laughs> yes. So good. <laughs> so it was so so it was a world or it was or the playoffs, the World Series heading toward it, but Fo- the, the two of them are together on Fox Sports. <laughs> so apparently when Frank Thomas had his back turned, there is a clip of Poppy with his, you know, coffee mug or water jug or whatever the hell of Frank Thomas's pouring vodka into it. <laughs> and then you see like 15, 20 minutes later on air, freaking uh, Frank Thomas do a swig and then does <laughs> this. What the hell did I just oh do? Goodness. And it was hysterical because he didn't break character or not. No, Frank had that, you know, stern, like ready to mash baseballs look on him. He's like, <laughs> so whatever. Oh, poppy. Yeah, but Ken, I got a weird story to tell you here in the midst of where uh, Jason was going here with the Roy Halladay part. If I had to talk to you about who had the worst ERA in a Major League Baseball season, would you believe me that it was Roy Halladay? Really? Roy? I, I, no. No way. Roy Halladay has the worst single season ERA for a pitcher that has at least 50 innings on record in a Major League Baseball season. What was the it? It was a 10.54 ERA. And that was in the year 2000. <laughs> that oh, was wow. the year before they tore his arm down. He yeah. changed his whole mechanics and went back all the way to single A. So he literally went from being the worst pitcher in baseball in 2000. Ever. Not just that year. Ever. To that. Yeah, ever. Wow. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like Anthony Young winner in 2003. Jeez. I thought you were going to say Anthony Young from the New York Mets, I believe, a long time ago. He was like 0 for 12. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Love a good record. That is on record. That is actually a major league baseball trivia fact. That's not just me being a smart ass. That is a 10.5 ERA for a qualified pitcher for the worst major league ERA in a season ever. Wasn't that the same as Mitch White's ERA this year? Oh, oh, yeah, would be the difference. (laughs) (laughs) To be a quote unquote qualified, uh, sorry, you had to have 50 innings. Yep. (laughs) So. Uh, thank God Mitch White didn't pitch 50 innings this year. I hope he figures something out. Thank God he didn't do it last year. So <laughs> it's it's interesting. Anyways. It's Craig. I was just looking while you were talking, and and uh, Kenny, I don't know. Like so, I I I didn't know this. Um, but so there's been guys that have played on the Jays. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Am I right there, Craig? That there's eleven guys in the in the hall. That have played for the Jays. I believe you are correct, sir. So now, how about this one? So there's there's some that I recognize. Obviously, you know, yes. McGriff, Roland, Holiday, Jack Morris, Bobby Cox. There's it, two announcers and stuff you could say if you want to call it. Yeah, teams. if you want to. Alomar, <laughs> Henderson, Paul Molitor, Dave Winfield, and then here's the one that I had no idea. Nobody gets. Phil Meekro <laughs> played for the Jays. One season at the end of his career with the Blue Jays. Wow, I wouldn't have got that. Hmm. Yeah, it was the year we were horrible after the drive for 85, 87. Oh, before we started coming back up, we were hoping they were going to be able to compete with somebody like him in the end of the rotation, and they didn't quite make it. Hmm. Wow. That one just, I was just reading down, and that blew my mind. Yeah, but then the other two are baseball writer Bob Elliott, who I'm sure many of his articles have been read by the collective here, and then obviously the late great Tom Cheek. Yes. Our announcer for everything. So yeah, those are the, absolutely. like I said, the quote on 13 people. So uh, to that point, those are the guys. And when you're looking at the list here, guys, you can't make an argument against any of those guys. Nope. Bill Mahler had 3,000 career hits. Bobby Cox is one of the most winningest managers in Major League Baseball history. And he got that in Toronto as far as how it started. He got the Blue Jays to the playoffs the first time in their history in 1985. Yeah. So. He often often references the fact that if he never became the manager of the Jays, he doesn't know that he would have had the career he had. Um, oh, he wow. was stumbling along. He wasn't having a lot of success. Um, he was on some, or, you know, co- managed some teams that had some pretty darn good players and didn't perform. And, um, you know, that always falls on the manager in baseball. Why would you ever put any kind of weight on a $30 million loser that, you know, can't hit a baseball anymore? Um, sorry. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where, where, you know, I, I have nothing but time for a guy like Bobby Cox, honestly, like, like class of the class. He's up there with Lasorda. And I mean, so many of those managers that were just so next level, um, good. Also new hall of fame voting, um, Jim Leland, same thing. Mm. Great guy. Jim Leland had the to smoke. Like five years ago, that guy was hacking butts in the in the dugout, and people didn't know it. He had a little fan and a thing, and every now and again, they'd catch a catch a a, a waft of cigarette smoke coming out of the dugout. People were like, "We can't smoke in in the stadium. Where is that coming from?" And Leland to be down there, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, you can't take the old school out of a guy like Leland. Nope. Just saying. No. To that point, I met him at one point in Cincinnati when he was actually it was the year he actually led the Marlins to the World Series in '95. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It was, um, and to that point, 
he was a great guy. Just paying, me and my brother were trying to get autographs at the end of the game, and sure enough, as hell, he was there, and he was like, "What do you need an autograph or something?" <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> personable. Hysterical, so <laughs> let me sign this back. Let me sign this back at Marlboro Reds for you. Yeah, but he, he was real happy that my brother and I both hand him over a Cincinnati Reds flyer that, or a program to get signed. It had Barry Larkin on the front of it. And he goes, and right over there. <laughs> <laughs> to that point, did you guys watch? So funny. Um, obviously, the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend. And so they were trying to play tricks on certain guys at the Super Bowl thing. With This was a couple of days ago. And so what they were oh, doing is they were inserting hat from like their rival school or another team that they either played for or don't like like commonly so like Brock Purdy gets handed a stack of hats and he's just like you just like you do and he's just signing and he's talking like this and signing and he doesn't even miss a beat and I can't remember what the team is but it's whoever his it was was the Seahawks Seahawks according to my son (laughs) and he goes to sign it and he's like I'm not going to do that and he puts it over the side like that Mm -hmm. and then just keeps firing on the Niners hats like that's so good. Like, I don't know if you guys have been watching the shenanigans that are going on at the Super Bowl this year are off the chain in compare. And I get it; it's Vegas and it's no. Kelsey and it's all and it's you know it's got all of the stuff that you need for a great show at the start. But uh, no. yeah, it's uh, it's like that's super fun. Yeah. I, so Christian McCaffrey got caught in one of those things that like a. That same thing you were talking about. Somebody came to like an autograph signing and had like his college alma maters. Yep. Libel. I can't remember who it was. He slides it in underneath him and he looks at him. And he's like, really? That's what we're going to do here? So he signs it and he says, this team sucks. I'm glad I beat them. And he put like some ridiculous game that he had like 9 billion yards on. Put all the stats on. So there's some one of a kind like weird college football hat <laughs> out there in the world with CMC's ridiculous game on it Jeez. it's gonna be a collector's item worth a bajillion dollars at some point good um good stuff though but that's all about fun and so like i said let's talk about some other fun next year's hall of fame ballot has a couple of blue jays on it and probably one of the best hitters ever in major league baseball history and so i got all those guys i told you that were the holdovers plus you now have brian mccann adam jones russell martin Oh. Um, Hanley Ramirez, Curtis Granderson, Ben Zobrist, Troy Tulowinski, Felix Hernandez, Ian Kinsler, Dustin Pedroia, CC Sabathia, and then here's the king. Ichiro Suzuki is on the ballot for the first time next Ooh. year. He's got to get in first. Out of that whole group, I think he's the only one. Um, maybe Pedroia gets gets a decent amount of run. I mean, you don't play your whole career in one place and play it as well as he did in Boston. Had a class act the whole way around. Have you ever heard the story? Yes, sorry, as a total aside. So Poppy and Pedroia played together their entire, well, you know, like all of Dustin's career. Yeah, and um, they were at a, uh, um, I can't remember what they were at. They were at like a preseason or at the uh, something like that. And someone. Fan you know, Fest thing or something. I think it was. Yeah, I don't said, remember. Said to Dustin <laughs> Pedroia, oh, hey, Dustin. And Poppy said something to the effect of like, who are you talking to? And he's like, Me. Dave, uh, my name is my name is Dustin, and he's like, "What?" So they played together for like seven years, and he had never uttered the guy's first name and didn't know what it was. He just knew him as Pedroia, and like it would—I mean, how many times did he wow. watch it come up on the? That, you know, I didn't know Dustin Pedroia. I mean, 
he had no idea what his name was for like six years of playing together. Like just kills me, that guy. So good. Oh, man. And I wonder if it's an act, but the I, but Pedroia was the one telling the story when yeah. you saw that, right? And he was yeah. like, just so good. This happened. <laughs> so good. So, but to that point, you can't talk about baseball in the 2000s without somehow getting eventually to an Ichiro Suzuki, you know, story. This guy is still funny enough goofing around with baseball and I, what was it? He beat a Japanese women's team single-handedly or something like that in the last year, really? year or something I like that. I just watched and I'm 62 or something. 62 and yeah. I think he was at a high school in Japan hitting balls out into the breaking windows on the school. It's a regular size stadium. It'd be a home run in a, in a major league stadium. And he pumps like three right into the windows. Like, come on. Do you guys ever, so I don't, do you guys know Ichiro's story? So when yeah. when Ichiro was about eight years old, his dad, I guess, was a pretty high-level baseball player, and he coached. And so what he said to him was, he said, I'm going to make you play left-handed and then right-handed, and you're going to switch every year. And then after, so he went. So let's say he started righty. The next year he went to lefty, and he hit left and played left, hit right, played right. And then his dad made him switch. So he would play right and hit left and switch back and play left. He did that for his whole career up to his like 15, 16 years old. Completely ambidextrous. You could put a glove on either hand. He, It's unbelievable. And that's why he was able to hit as well as he was because he was trained to be able to see the ball from both sides of the dish so well. Um, yep. But just an amazing... That was athlete. a great story. Yeah, yeah amazing guy. Cool. From everyone I know that's ever met him, talked to him, had anything to do with the guy. I mean, look at Ken Griffey Jr., how he raves about each year. Like, I mean, you know, Griffey's one of those sort of weird guys that I don't feel like a ton of baseball players love him. He was pretty cocky, and, you know, he was a big personality, and he'd speak so highly of Ichiro. It's, I mean, it, it, the guy's a god. He's a baseball god. Yeah. He needs a statue out front. For, and how, what, what's, yes, his, what's his physical stats? What is he, like 5'9"? 170 yeah he wasn't like a big presence from like you know that muscular soaking wet holding a tv that's my 150 pounds i'm guessing 150 pounds but try to find it i lost him where is he hitting machine man hitting machine uh let me know let me know when you guys uh i've got breaking news if you guys if you guys want me to tap he's 511 175 511 geez louise that's little yeah yeah yeah, mere 3,089 hits in Major League Baseball. And I think the crazier thing about that is he played a lot in Major League Baseball. You know, it was 19 seasons at the end. Yeah. Oh, and really? This is a guy that played till he was 45 in Major League Baseball. It was still one of the better hitters. He oh. hit 136 games in 2017 at his age 43 season. It was uh, He batted 255, but he was still hitting the ball. 255. So, Oh, and that's the th- funny thing is the only time his career batting average. I heard this crazy stat the other day about him when they were talking about him being uh, in the ballot for this whole thing. Um, in his first season, he had went on a tear for the week there when he debuted with the Mariners, and then he went on like for like an O for fifteen stretch or something like that with a bunch of strikeouts, and everybody was starting to wonder if he was. That was the only time in his career his batting average dipped below three hundred. Yeah. <laughs> his career batting yeah. average is he a insane. three eleven. Insane. Oh, crap. <laughs> Sorry, wow. So it's Just unheard the, of. 
Like, that's Ted Williams ish. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. Just to put that in perspective. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll, I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll hit the breaking news after we finish HOF stuff. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, to that point, I want to talk really quick. Blue Jays Hall of Famers that should be, could be guys. Like we just listed out the list here of who has made the Baseball Hall of Fame. But let me just throw these names out here because these are the war leaders in Blue Jays history. So that's the the boiling it down to one number. These are the guys that led the Blue Jays in the top 24 guys. Dave Steve, Roy Halladay, Jose Bautista. And this is in order of highest to lowest. Uh, Tony Fernandez, Carlos Delgado, Jimmy Key, Jesse Barfield, Vernon Wells, Pat Hankin, Lloyd Mosby, Edwin Encarnacion, Jim Clancy, John Olrude, Devon White, Alomar, George Bell, Juan Guzman, I thought was fun to be on this list. <laughs> Alex Juan Rios, Roger Clemens, Josh Donaldson, Fred McGriff, Ernie Witt, Shannon Stewart, and funny enough, Boba Shot is number 24. Wow, really? Wow. <laughs> well, so or don't funny earlier. This is what I don't think about everybody getting on Bo because <laughs> he's on this list of. That's I, unbelievable. Yes, he's got some more seasons than a few of these guys, but that's in the Blue Jay uniform. They're I more, mean, right? So. I, I think you if look you, at those guys. Yeah, if there's a few guys to target, I mean, Olerud is one for sure. Like John, oh, yeah. John, John Olerud, for all intents and I mean, he just because of what he had to overcome and all of the rest. Of it, I mean, possibly the greatest swing ever in baseball history. I mean, it it had no nongs. Was it was perfection every time he, did. and he was good in the field, good in the dugout. Had a lot of really great seasons. Um, who else was up by the top? Uh, Vernon Wells, I like too. Um, he had success a couple of different places. Um, but ju- just to put that in perspective, most Hall of Famers are somewhere in the like 60 career war ballpark. Each, each row had exactly 60. John Olerud has a 58.2 career war as a for and in a position that is not known for good defense. No, so mm. he's not getting a ton of defense on that number. It's offense yeah. pushing, yes, yeah, for so, sure. I know, and I know those are, and and the the funny thing that this is what it, the the boiling it down to cold calculated math kills me, because you just boil that down to John Olerud, John Olerud equals Ichiro Suzuki, and nobody questions that Ichiro Suzuki is a first ballot, maybe a unanimous hundred yeah. percent vote yeah. for next yeah. year. That's only happened once, and it was Mariano Rivera, by the way. Um, <laughs> so. And that, I mean, that's the thing that boggles me. Who voted for Ken Griffey Jr. not to get in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, but know, I, I, I listen to a thing about that where there's just some guys that just feel like they have to spoil a ballot just because they're jackweeds. Anyways, um, well, so let's other, even just talk about the two votes. If you want somebody to stay on the ballot in a year, a Griffey's on there, maybe you know he's going to get in and you move it to somebody else, right? Yeah. I mean, let's just talk about, and, and I, I, you know, like, this guy could possibly be my Holy. favorite. This guy could be my favorite Jay of all time, Tony Fernandez. I mean, mm, it, it, right. he 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 was he was so good. Like I put him at the same level uh, of of uh, like an Aussie Smith or uh, just oh, guys wow. who changed the game, guys who who played a position differently than anyone had played it before, and start to set new levels of that. Um, I think Corbin Carroll steps into that sort of, he's now learning how to play the outfield different than guys played it. He's so fast and he's right. so strong and he gets the ball so easily. You're just like, oh, so he doesn't have to shift because he can run 95 feet and catch that ball without worrying about it. Right. 
Yeah. It's it's when you change a position, you know, and the game starts to reflect that around you, then you should probably be in the hall. It's like you guys were saying, like if Tony Fernandez was on the next ballad, most of the baseball world would be like, who? Like, who's that guy? Oh, wait, he's well, one he of the in St. Louis, like Oz. Right. Or New York mm. or, you know, it's 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 amazing when you take a look at some of these guys numbers like even even Delgado and Bautista both of them like Carlos Delgado is an incredible baseball player yeah Phenomenal. I remember him that one there is me is insulting because <laughs> Delgado is you talk about home run hitters period in that era that did it the right way the same time as Fred McGriff and all these things Delgado is insane it's, when you look at his numbers and there's not even there, I just don't know how you make the argument against it I got 473 know. career home runs how is that a Hall of Fame freaking contract man. he bad 280 doing it and <laughs> I think the crazier thing is he everybody forgets that the reason he didn't win the MVP in 03 is because Alex Rodriguez was on roids yeah it's, true. it's so true <laughs> and he had 145 RBs He's dead year and 42 old runs. <laughs> and he still didn't win it. Second A-Rod was pretty good when he was on the juice, though. <sighs> I'm not knocking that. I understand. Right. Juice, <laughs> but the, that dumb Texas Rangers contract still irks, irks me because I thought the blue, regardless that we missed the playoffs this year, I was like, in 03, doesn't matter. If we're going to have the MVP. We're going to have the Cy Young and Roy Holiday. There's no questions here. And then A Rod gets that. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> 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 so but tis what it is but that one is just criminal to me and that's where the chance is and where i was hinting at earlier the loophole they have this thing called the veterans committee now yeah. that votes on certain people for an era of baseball and i'm confident seeing they've been getting other people in lately from i think fred mcgriff was the, the most recent was, one on that committee was one of those yeah. they, uh, okay. so I, Harold Baines was one of them. There's these guys that like I said that are, it's voted on by the players. That's the difference. So somebody's going to look at that year in those spans where Carlos, Carlos Delgado did nothing but Delgado. And yes. I feel like Andrew Jones, there. I feel like Andrew Jones is eventually going to be one of those guys. Um, I feel like he's going to get left off the ballot. The, the, I don't know why the writers don't put him in. I, I, again, Andrew Jones is a guy who changed baseball for me. Watching Andrew Jones is like watching an alien play baseball he was he was out of this world he was unbelievable he was so good and it was so frustrating because he was on the on the on the braves and the their braves were so good and andrew jones made everything look easy everything effortless and um yep. for i don't know what his career numbers are i imagine they're they're phenomenal they're good but, um he, is this. He, he 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 altered baseball he altered how people play baseball and when you do that like Let's just take calm right now. I mean, obviously, we're not even going to talk about the fact that 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 um, we've got a few guys that are playing now that are just going to walk right in. Like, I mean, you know, Otani's going to walk right in. I assume Mike Trout will walk right in. And here's one that I think is interesting, and I, I would like. I hopefully we're all still doing this when this person goes into the Hall of Fame. I think Aaron Judge goes in as well. And the reason that I think Aaron Judge goes in is because Aaron Judge has changed the way that hitters hit. Now, he's taken pieces from a lot of people to make that happen. But what he did a couple of years ago, two years ago, 
is unprecedented. And the fact that Pitcher still kept trying to beat him and he was like, nah, not good enough today, not good enough today, not good enough today. You know, I feel like even though he's a Yankee, he still probably gets in because he altered the way that the game had to be played. They can't walk him. And that's what's starting to happen in the league is the players are so good. You can't walk to get around a guy. And if Aaron Judge is so good, if the, if the zone is so big and he's so good, he's altering the game then in a different way. And so that deserves special recognition. Not his bat in the, fa- in the Hall of Fame. His face needs to be on the wall. So when little kids walk in there and they're like, Dad, who is that? They're like, he was one of the greatest home run hitters to ever play baseball. That's what it comes down to. And to that point, this is where the last guy I want to touch on here. And this is, then we'll stop this and go to your breaking news. How is Dave Steve not in one of these? Uh, yeah, let's not. I don't know. That's a whole show. <laughs> yeah. That might be a whole show. That's a whole uh, show. Somebody did that. Dave Steve is, is it, Dave Steve is another guy that I got nothing but time for. I've watched a lot of interviews with him. And what Dave Steve did was he changed a team. He changed the Blue Jays into a respectable, threatening team when they, they weren't. And Dave Steve did it with class, with quality pitching, and lots of pitching. Dave Steve pitched a, a lot. Like those guys back there, we see guys going two and three, you know, and they're, oh, we got pitch manage, pitch manage. We're talking about animals that threw 130 pitches again and then pitched no. in the double header. Like, you know, like, like yeah. it was a different way to play baseball back then. And for a guy to be as, as influential as he was on the Blue Jays, again, it doesn't matter if they're the Blue Jays, you know, the Mockingbird. Yeah. Um, until he was, until he was 32, he led the te- league in all sorts of categories. Yeah. Through that. 32. And, um, yeah. <laughs> the one that I, sticks out to me is he led the major leagues in innings pitch to your point twice. Yeah. It was a machine. And just wrap your head around this because nobody does this anymore. In 1982, 288.1 innings. The year Oof. after that, 278. The year after wow. that, 267 was a down year. <laughs> a down year. This guy <laughs> threw over 200 innings in every year, except for the one that was shortened by a lockout. Which crazy. <laughs> so nuts. Oh my gosh. But, you know, and like I said, different. It was, it was dominant that time, too. Different, different, different times, you know, like, and when you yes. look at. Even when you like, as much as people say, like the Maguire Sosa, they, they, you know, they say that that home run derby was terrible, the home run chase was tainted. I mean, they're still using some Some of the lowest quality products you could possibly use to try and hit a baseball 500 feet. When you go back even further to some of the the best home run hitters from the 30s, 40s, 50s, like Jackie Robinson doing the stuff he did back then with the equipment they had is it's, it's idiotic. Like, yeah. Yeah. for even for him to be able to run at the speed he could run in and not tear right out of those leather shoes, it's it's mind blowing. And so, not to mention I mean, all the injuries and being spiked every five minutes and all the other yeah. horrible things that they did. Yeah, the but things. so yes. But to that point, that's the that's the game of baseball. It's been evolving for years and it will continue to evolve. So, um, but anyway, Jason, I don't want to take away for it. I still want to have time for our fun ending. So, give me the breaking news that you saw. It is the all right here we go so this just in free agent agent reliever jay jackson and the minnesota twins are in agreement on a major league contract pending a physical according to a source a similar to the deal familiar to the deal 
Mm. Yeah. There you go. But to that point, that's that's my one hurt thing for uh, what they did with signing, uh, yeah. you know, Yay Rod. Yay Rod. I was yeah. wondering that news that Jay Jackson was going to go to some other team. To that point, I'm happy it's Minnesota. They'll yeah. use it. Be in that. Jay Jackson, we love you, but that team wonderfully. So I wish you all the best. Us too. Yep. Hats off. (laughs) Hats off. Um, If you ever want to come on the show, Jay, we got nothing but time for you, buddy. Great guy. So, yeah, had the pleasure of meeting him at that event that the walk-off guys did up in Toronto. Was a really class act guy. And to that point, had some of the best baseball stories that I've heard in a long time, including all the bullpen shenanigans. (laughs) So I would highly recommend uh, checking out that episode of the walk-off if you want to hear those stories because it was priceless. Um, his his mantra was, uh, "You don't want to know. You don't want to know what we do in the bullpen. <laughs> you don't want to know, <laughs> and you think it. you know, but you don't want to know. <laughs> but you have no idea. You don't. Want to know. So, well, too much that sucks. But at that point, like I said, I wish nothing but good things for Jay Jackson. Absolutely. So, um, so Jason, last you and last week you and I started some goofing around here. Do we want to end the show like we did last week and get Kenny in here? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Ken, last week I pulled a random baseball blooper out of my, you know, wonderful world of the internet. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then we just had a quick chat with it, but I found a Blue Jays one that I okay. think is going to be very funny. And the mantra of this is Did you know that you could steal the same base twice on the same play? What? <laughs> I, think, uh, I think somebody knows where I'm going here. So, let me cue this up here and get this shared up. And uh, you will see what the hell I mean here at the expense of our friend Lloyd Bosby. Yep. Oh, no. Poor so, Lloyd. So, thank you, MLB.com, for having the best archive that you can humanly possibly have of baseball bloopers. But here is, like I said, former Blue Jay and member of excellence level, I remember Lloyd Mosby trying to steal second base twice on the same play. Shaker so, Mo. There it is. So steals it, no problem. Ball goes over him, but for some reason, somebody dupes him to thinking that the ball was caught and he was actually in a pickle. <laughs> then the ball goes back to first base, <laughs> and there he goes. He's twice. He's like, "Somebody help me here!" <laughs> like I'm doing the running. You gonna tell me what I'm doing here? <laughs> He's the last about here. Chick, Love everybody dying laughing, and it's like you didn't. He didn't say it's to your point. What do you teach the kids? Look at hey, your, do you think uh, that, do you think your that base counts for right? two stolen bases? I guess it'd be three, technically, because there's one. He stole yeah. that one. Then, then he, he had steals to come back and first. Back. Right? Like I said, somebody freaked him out to the point where he, for some reason, thought the ball was in play right there, and he had to hurry up and get a pickle. Or he, the ball got caught and hit was, I think, the only other thing. I'm going to give you this. Coach what signing in what? That's so yeah. good. <laughs> so, exactly. There's what we're Take all Oh, man. But can I wow. just point out the physical stress that was first first off? So I, he's clearly freaking out. And now what's going on? And you see the relief now that he's safe at second. Um, but mentally freaking out faster than all hell and still manages to get back to where he needed to go and uh, did everything he could. That's insane athletes, I think, to be able to run back and forth like that that quickly. And Lloyd Mosby was a hell of a fast player, too. So that was very cool. And obviously, that being right when we moved into the Rogers Center. Yeah. Um, so then Skydome. <laughs> That's Skydome. So yeah. you guys ever seen anything like that? I know it sounds like Jason. Ken, what are you thinking right now? Yeah, I was. Wow. I never would have thought that I've ever seen something like that before. 
Stealing the same base twice on the same play. Yeah. I will say this. I have seen this, and I've seen it more than once. And I, I all credit due to my my son Jet, who has a, a very beautiful baseball mind. He was on second base. I was the head coach, so I'm at third base. I called for a steal to third, and he looked at me like this. And then we had a sign for an extra base, and he was taking home from second. He realized that the pitcher, the catcher was throwing the ball back so slowly to the pitcher that if he just ran, by the time the pitcher got it, his first reaction would be to throw it to three, which is behind it. And it's exact. It couldn't have happened more perfectly. He ran right around three. Pitcher caught it, had no idea what to do, threw it to three. He's just walked home. <laughs> it's stuff like that. And I mean, it's, it's, and I've seen, I mean, even when Dela Cruz, like Dela Cruz stealing first, second, yep. third, and then home. If you guys go back and watch that clip, watch him steal home. He's standing on three. He gets up and he's brushing himself off. And the entire time he's watching the catcher, he's, he's kind of darting like this. And he's watching. And as soon as that catcher stands up like this and goes like that to lob it, he's already gone. Like he can see that that catcher's given up on that play before even. And, I mean, that's that's what a base, beautiful baseball mind is to me. You know, like wow. even the stuff with Vladdy faking the overthrow at first base and, and, and you know, catching the ball and tagging the guy out. Um, yeah, I remember. That. There's a really classic one. Um, I believe it was, um, it's a university game. It's like Vanderbilt versus somebody else from like the 70s. And the winning run is at first base, two outs. And they call this play pitcher set. Goes, you know, throws to first base. The first baseman panics. He does like a big, he's all over the place. The dugout's out and yelling like, you know, balls in the corner. Oh, you a little big league in it. The fielder's running over. So the, the runner stands up and he looks. He takes off for second base. Happy as a, just like this. And the pitcher still got the ball and he just lobs it to second base. And they just tag him out like that. And <laughs> he's like, yeah. And he, they had everybody. But that's a beautiful, like a hidden ball trick is the most romantic you can't do that in any other sport. You can't hide the basketball behind your back and then I'll pull out a few of those for next week. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. So to that point, have you seen the movie Little Big League, which is one of the, we were talking about underrated things this evening. Little League, Little Big League is one of the most underrated baseball movies of all time, in my opinion. Never seen it. And they pull that, they pull that bit. And it, well, it's a kid takes over the Minnesota Twins and he ends up managing the club. Oh, the yeah, yeah, it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. The guys there in this, I have some the guys in it. It's got Kevin Griffey Jr., Randy Johnson. Yeah. It's got some big leaguers in it too. So it was pretty fun. So I would highly recommend that for especially the kids. You'll die laughing. So, but I do have another one that I got to show you here because this dawned on me in the midst of this whole fun here. Um, does anybody remember, do you remember this one with Ruben Rivera forgetting what base was running and how he was out and who's not out? And this is the end of game. Oh, come on, load. <laughs> Wasn't there one this year where that happened where somebody, somebody stole third, somebody took off for third and um, yeah. pitched the ball out and threw it to third and tagged the guy and the runner that was at third and they were both out? We're just going to get some horrible advertising here. Sorry, guys. There you go. <laughs> so okay. I, the best part about this is J John Miller is doing the play-by-play -play. so it goes into no man's land out in san francisco and uh ruben rivera forgets where he's going misses the bag goes seesawing around ball comes in he should have been dead to rights right there <laughs> oh ball got away i'm gonna run home and he's tagged out home got a little confused there around the base and was kind of like playing hippity hop going which way do i go which way do i go 
<laughs> oh man. So caught in a pickle himself, my friends. <laughs> There's also a really classic one. I'll let you guys I gotta get going, but I'll let you guys. There's yeah, a really classic one in, in a college game where the ball was hit to right. So I mean, there's not a lot, you know, and this is the winning round. Winning runs on first base. Ball's hit to right field, and it's deep, and it's in the corner. And the guy who's running from first base just skips second and third and runs into home. And they're like, oh. he's like, save. And there's no replay. There's no way to go back. Nobody saw it. Everyone was looking out in the field. And this guy was smart enough as he was running to look and see that both umpires were looking that way, and he just U-turned. <laughs> wow the it's stories like you hide the ball at when the thing so but we'll, we'll bring up more on the end of the show here so we can end on a high note every week always end with a joke that's stand up rule number one right absolutely so anything you guys want to add before we go off here let jason go where he's going good I'm deal not, uh, baseball right, blue, jays, blue jays fans make sure you join us there every monday evening at seven o'clock eastern time we will be here with you to have as much fun as humanly possible here on jaybird watching if you miss us during the live show and you don't get to chat with us, make sure you hit us up on social media wherever you can at Birdwatching GC. And obviously, this is a podcast. We're everywhere you can humanly possibly get your podcasts and pleasures from. So make sure you listen in, join us, and we will see you next time on Jaybird Watching. Ready, boys? One, two, three. <laughs> Let's go, Blue Jays. Go, Jays, go. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdwatchingGC, and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining it to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Woo! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.